Hi, my name is Sue T and I'm a PYP Curriculum Manager at the International Baccalaureate with responsibility for the early years. Welcome to the IB Voices podcast. On October 12, a new support material was launched on the PRC called the Early Years in the PYP. I'm delighted to be joined by Anna Van Dam and Catherine O'Connell, two passionate and experienced early years educators, to hear their thoughts around the process of documenting learning. Welcome, Kate and Anna. Now, the PYP assessment has four dimensions, monitoring, documenting, measuring and reporting of learning. Um, In the early years, they're interconnected and evidence from one area can often support another. Each of these aspects has its own function, but all of them aim to provide evidence to inform learning and teaching. The PYP chose to put emphasis on monitoring and documenting learning, as these dimensions are critical in providing actionable feedback for the early learner. There's an obvious link between monitoring and documenting. And we've discussed some of the tensions around this in a previous podcast. So what I'd like us to do now is to dig into the process of documenting and explore some of the tensions and opportunities around this key practice. Uh, I don't know if you'd like to start first, maybe Anna, would you like to respond? Sure, yeah, because again, big questions and lots to think about. I think we often, the first thing that provides attention is probably this idea of, yeah, what am I looking for? And what am I documenting? And that's a big question, right? Because um, I think we, we need to know what we want to look for, or perhaps we we document and afterwards we identify what this was about. But to some extent, we also need to be systematic. And I guess then there's the individual children and keeping track of their progress in all these developmental domains. And then there's the group and their inquiry process. So how do we observe and document the approaches to learning, the attributes of the learner profile? How do we observe, document and measure that understanding of that big central idea? How do we measure? Well, I have to go back to that uh, line, right? How do we observe, document and measure some very specific learning goals? And then how do we observe and document the inquiry process? So we have to keep all of that in our minds, right? And that's quite a lot. So I do think it's important to create a system. I often talk with other educators about this idea of we have to be systematic, it has to be joyful, it has to be manageable, and yes, we have to put this information to good use. It has to inform our planning for individual children and for the whole group. But I think it all starts with making sure, you know, like you see it as your as part of your identity as a teacher. You are also a documenter, uh, and I, I do think it amplifies not only children's identity as thinkers and inquirers, but also our identity as thinker and uh, thinkers and as inquirers. Because teaching is an art, right? And 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 we're making sense of children's sense-making processes, and and we want to be the best teachers that we want to be. So we're also researching our own practice. And I think when we do this collaboratively, I think it really helps us with staying connected to the child's thinking, to the group's uh, evolving thinking. Perhaps another attention that I would like to highlight, uh, and I've heard this quite a few times uh, recently, is this idea that documentation is something that is somehow puts you between you, there's something in between you and the child, uh, and that the documentation may keep you away from children. And I have to say, I I really feel it connects me with children. Uh, And I think it's really something that you have to practice. Perhaps in the beginning, it feels unfamiliar, but it becomes part of your role as an educator. So it may feel unfamiliar in the beginning, and perhaps children may have to get used to this as well. But what you will learn is 
that you know what to look for and you know how to capture this. And it may be a note, it may be a photograph, it may be a, a video, it really depends, right? Uh, it could be even a collection of drawings. So over time, you become more skilled in knowing how you can capture a, a, a very specific, beautiful moment that says something about the child, says something about the inquiry process of the group. So I'd say be comfortable with that tension, right? I think, you know, learning is a little bit uh, uncomfortable. You're in a good place. You know, you have to learn how to document. It's not something you just know all of a sudden. It, it really does take time. I agree with Anne completely. And I love how she says that, you know, it's the identity of the teacher as inquirer, teacher as thinker. And um, it's a really a way for you to do what we all want to do, which is living the learner profile, right? And um, when you have that identity as a, as a teacher, inquirer, thinker, um, you can begin with your observation and just making sure that you're aware. Um, and so to have, I like also what Anne said about being systematic, because in, in order to have this um, awareness for observing, you're going to have to have your classroom set up so that it, it manages itself so that you are not 100% managing what happens. So that's a bit of a tension. How can I set everything up so I have the space and the time to, to really sit back and watch and look and listen? And I think with every step of documentation, teachers are on their own journey. And so not only should you be an inquirer into where the kids are, but also be kind and gentle and be an inquirer with yourself about where, where am I as a, a teacher inquirer? And, um, you know, just validating whatever progress and success you have, that's absolutely amazing because you're engaging with the children's thoughts and notes and wonderings and you're really not getting it wrong if you're trying because what you're doing is you're learning and so um, I think a lot of the, the tension for educators they see something about Reggio Emilia and they see the beauty or they see a school that does it really well and they're like I'm gonna do that I'm super excited but it's overwhelming and you have to realize that you just start with asking questions. You know, just start with listening. Just, just start. <laughs> and, um, you know, start maybe with the question of what are the children's intentions? You know, what are they trying to make sense of? And I think that's, that's a really hard part because um, a lot of times the end, the beautiful end project of a beautiful panel wall of assessment is the idea in the teacher's mind. And actually, it's quite um, a dirty, messy process to get there. And maybe, you know, unless you're a seasoned documenter, don't expect to get to that, uh, to that um, goal, you know, have your goal being really knowing, um, knowing your children, knowing their prior experiences, um, knowing what they're thinking. And then um, the next question or tension that's going to come up is what do I do with all the stuff, <laughs> the pictures I've taken and the notes I've taken? And um, the, the answer I would say to that is you reflect, you know, reflect on, on what you've created and where you want to go. And there is an inherent 
risk in this. So it goes back to our conversation previously about vulnerability. And there is an inherent risk that you're going to get what the kids were doing. You're going to get it wrong. And that's okay because it allows for the conversation um, to percolate and having the conversation and finding out what you were thinking wasn't what the kids were thinking. How brilliant is that? And you can learn more. Yeah, and perhaps also being comfortable or more comfortable with this idea of subjectivity, right? Because, yeah, yeah, if you think about teaching as an art, like there are many different ways of looking at a certain um, situation. So I think that that's also perhaps a way to kind of look at these tensions as opportunities is the idea of working with others and appreciating these different points of view and learning with and from each other so that, yeah, we're inquirers. They're making sense of this. And, and sometimes there there is no one way of looking at something as well, right? It's the richness of the conversation that really matters. Yeah, exactly. what I'm, sorry, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that it's um, important to the documentation is helping you to understand that process of learning and that's really what's important. Um, I also picked up on um, the need to be systematic. I, I loved Anna your, your comment about it needs to be joyful you know it needs to be <laughs> perhaps you'd like to talk yeah. a little bit more about that about that documentation as being a joyful process. Yeah, because it has to be, it has to bring you joy, right? Like, um, I guess this is very kind of Reggio inspired. There's nothing without joy for children, but also for adults. I think if we enjoy our work alongside children and the documentation gives, giving us that visible listening, giving us an opportunity to document what we see. And I know Rinaldi talks about this a lot, right? Like documentation is not what happened. It's your point of view. You actually documented your point of view. And I think that that's really joyful to see you know, what am I noticing, but perhaps also seeing patterns over time and, and kind of reminding yourself that there might be other things to look out for and so on. So, yeah, that provides me with a lot of joy and seeing kind of um, details in, in children's um, explorations or uh, having different perspectives that, um, that um, expand the way I was looking at a particular child. Um, yeah, what else? So perhaps also this idea that the documentation really um, shows this competent child, not only among other educators, but also with parents. You know, it gives me a lot of joy and hopefully you know, the people listening to this podcast will will start thinking about it that way as well. Like, um, like the parents start looking at their child a little bit more differently as well. Not sure. But what do you think, Catherine? What, what would you say? I agree 100%. If you can put your role in like an instigator, you know, like this, this person of how am I going to, you know, in like when you're in the documentation process and you've observed and you have all your information and you are looking at where to go next to create a learning environment that will provoke thinking, I think you can really have fun with your kids and make that learning process fun for you. And when it's fun for you, it's fun for the kids. And so that it no longer becomes this um, task that you have to complete, but it's a process to get to, to the, that part where you're like, okay, where am I going to go with the kids next? What am I going to you know, put out? What environment am I going to create? What materials are needed to really like stretch their thinking about madness? or, you know, whatever the concept or idea is that they're playing with. 
There's one more thing that I'd like to expand on, too, if that's okay, and that's the idea of manageable, because I think that that's also a really important piece, right, that you, because often people ask me, like, like how much time or how do we create this system, and I always say, well, it depends, and, you know, that might you know, sound like an easy way out, but I think what I'm trying to say is that every school is unique and every context is unique. The amount of educators that are documenting, the amount of time that you have before or after school, the amount of non-contact time that you have and so on. So you have to create something that's manageable, like given the time, the people, the resources that you've got. So there's quite a lot to think about when you start documenting. And it's also an ongoing process. I, I think I've never been to a school that sort of got this down, right? It's an evolving process where you're constantly figuring out times spaces, materials, what, people, it's ongoing, but a beautiful uh, ongoing learning process, I think. Well, I'm going to try and sum up our conversation just in a few phrases. So what I'm hearing is um, being systematic, and Catherine, you were talking about the idea of, of sort of intentionally planning for that documentation by how you set up your environment, um, but it being joyful about uh, how it connects you to the children and their learning and their conceptual understanding um, and how it needs to be manageable. And that really comes down to your concepts. I mean, how you how much documentation you collect and how you use it needs to work for you and your context. There's no one size um, fits all. But I think most importantly is the message to be kind and gentle to yourself about this process as well. Uh, it's ongoing and it's evolving. That's a beautiful message to end with. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check more episodes of IB Voices on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Join us next time for more insights from our students, teachers, educators and more.